Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Welcome back. When we last left our heroes, it was still night. So, logically, when Book 11 begins, dawn is rising. To get the day started, Zeus decides to send Eris, the goddess of hate, to visit the Greeks. Since Odysseus's ship is in the middle, she takes up position there and cries out to all of the troops, stirring them to go out into battle. Agamemnon is particularly influenced by this cry, so naturally we get a full description of his armor as he suits up. And for added effect, Zeus sent some of your classic blood rain. Because, you know, there wasn't going to be enough blood on the battlefield if he didn't contribute. And the two sides line up. And there is a pause before the battle begins. And when it does, well, Agamemnon shines, if that's the right word for an Aristia. He rapidly kills two men, and then another two, and then another two. By the time his Aristia is done, his body count has reached eight. He's injured by that eighth soldier, but he still kills him. But don't be too impressed if that's the right word. In the next section, Hector quickly kills nine. He'd been told by the gods to hold back until Agamemnon was wounded. Obviously, he makes up for lost time, at least until Diomedes hits him with his spear. Buddies Odysseus and Diomedes take turns killing men as they hold off the Trojan advance, at least until Paris shoots Diomedes in the foot and Diomedes needs to return to camp. Odysseus carries on killing another seven before he too is wounded. At which point, Big Ajax steps in and kills five, holding the Trojans back while the Greeks take the wounded off the field. This whole while, of course, Achilles has been watching from the sidelines. It's no big deal when Agamemnon is injured, or when Diomedes is injured, or when Odysseus is injured. But when he sees that Makaon, the Greek healer, has been injured, well, that just seems to be too much. But it's still not enough for him to do anything about it. Not while Patroclus is still around and available to do Achilles' bidding. So he sends Patroclus to check on the wounded. And being an honest-to-goodness, nice guy, Patroclus is happy to do so. He goes to Nestor's tent. Nestor recounts everything that has happened. But Nestor, being Nestor, also goes off on a long tangent about how, back when he was young and strong, he killed Idomeneus. And he reminds Patroclus that even though he is older than Achilles, Achilles is stronger. It's a shame that neither of them are fighting. But maybe Patroclus should do something about that. After all, just because Achilles isn't fighting doesn't mean Patroclus shouldn't fight. Nestor isn't exactly subtle. Patroclus is moved by this speech and hurries back toward Achilles' ship. But on the way, he runs into Eurypylus, one of the many Greek wounded. And Patroclus, being seriously the nicest guy in this entire epic, stops and cares for him. Because taking care of a wounded comrade is more important than delivering a message to a friend. And that is where Book 11 ends, so that's where we'll take a short break. (music) 
This book of the Iliad is almost two separate yet related short stories. There's the whole battle section with heroes taking turns slaughtering the enemy before getting wounded. And the section about Agamemnon is a proper Aristia. The others are very similar, but lack all of the hallmarks that comprise an Aristia, a key part being that description of the armor. An Aristia is a moment of glory for a single warrior, so we get that full description, similar to what we see in the Shield of Heracles. So we have this lengthy first section that is all about honor and glory and mortality, and Zeus keeps intervening, riling up the Greeks, raining blood, telling Hector to hold off until Agamemnon is wounded. But then we have the second section back at the ships, and it is very domestic. Nestor's slave woman, Hecamede, sets the table and puts out a meal, and it is there that Nestor goes off on his long-winded tangent as he provides counsel to Patroclus. While reading the section, it is easy to forget that the battle is still raging. But where we end is where these two worlds meet, with Patroclus treating Eurypylus's wounds. And you have to think, that maybe Achilles isn't such a bad guy if someone as nice as Patroclus is friends with him. 2,500-year-old spoiler alert, don't fall too much in love with him. Or maybe do fall too much in love with him for the catharsis. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Patroclus and Nestor and Hecamede and whatever else you think of the Iliad so far. The link to the blog is in the show notes. On Friday, we'll have another myth episode on some hymns to Dionysus. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.